to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. Continue to lift that family up in prayer. Between going through what they're going through with their family and then simultaneously at the same time trying to, under God's direction, run a ministry. Brother Ted, all I can say is I've seen the boss's job and I don't want it. So let's continue to pray for them and support them, not just prayer, but support them. That's what they need right now from their church family most of all is support. Support through prayer, support through obedience, support through sacrifice, support through works. Any support that we can give them, that's what we need to do. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of Christ. So with that said, give me a second. Are you ready for a word? All right. We're going to have a word this morning. It's going to start out as a challenging word. But I promise you, before it's over, I pray that it will be a word of hope for each and every one of us, collectively and individually. So if you are able to stand with me as we have our scripture this morning, that would be fine. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 32. Hi, Josh. How you doing, buddy? I've never had anybody play behind me. I have wanted this for years. I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. Thank you. Thank you. I'm serious. I've never had that before. I've, I've teaching, preaching for the past 10, 15 years, but I've never had this before. So this is, have your freedom, my brother, have your freedom. Genesis chapter 32, starting in verse 22, is going to be our scripture that we're going to share this morning. It's a common passage, but we will go through it together. Starting in verse 22, and he rose up that night, And took his two wives and his two woman servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. 
And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it? that thou dost ask my name. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shank, which is upon the hallow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hallow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the shrink. Bless the reading of God's word. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for being our help in time of need. We thank you for being our lead, our guide, our power, our inspiration, our encouragement, our hope. Father, we pray that you will continue to abide with us when we are gathered together and when we are separated. And Father, I pray this morning that this word would touch ears and eyes and hearts. Let your word be seen in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. Story of Jacob and his wrestling with the man. This is the third time that Jacob had tried to run. The first time Esau was threatening to kill Jacob and Jacob fled and he ran. And the second time Laban made Jacob fear in the middle of the night because he was worried, Jacob was worried that Laban would not allow him to return to his home. And now this third time Jacob is in the process with his family and with everything he owns. He's in the process of fleeing again because Esau has threatened him again. Let me share something with you this morning. There's many messages that come out of this passage. But let me this morning put a little different spin on it because we always talk about wrestling for your blessing and fighting for your blessing. That's the common word. But let me share this with you. Jacob was on the verge of falling into a trap of what a friend of mine shared with me is escapism. He kept trying to escape. He kept running. Hannah, he kept running. Every time that there was a confrontation, every time that there was an issue, he kept running. But I ask you this question this morning. If your hip is out of socket... Can you run? You can't run anymore. You have to stand your ground at that moment. And you have to fight whatever is confronting you. Have you ever wrestled with God? I heard a yep. I dare say there's not a person in this room or online watching this morning 
who has not at some point in their life wrestled with God. But after that wrestling was complete, look at what happened. There was a nation born that night. There was an old man named Jacob. And now there is a new man named Israel. And now some thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, those sons that he was fleeing with, plus one more, make up the 12 tribes of Israel. Scattered across the earth, everywhere, the blessings of Abraham came through Isaac and through Jacob. And the promises that God made to Jacob's grandfather, Abraham, were never lost. They were there all the time. Your descendants will be as the stars. They will be as the sands of the shore. Your nation will be a blessing, and I will bless you, and those who bless you will be blessed. All of these promises, all through history, all through thousands and thousands of years, still intact to this day. But Jacob, after that night, even though the promises were in place, God's plan was in place, God's hand of motion was moving, the potter was on the clay, he was forming, working, doing, even though all of that was still going out, Brother Mike, after that night, Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life. The rest of his life. And that limp was a reminder of that night, day after day. So I'll start this morning with a question to each and every one of us. Do you have a limp? I'll just leave that there for a second. Do you have a limp? We can use a limp as an excuse not to fulfill the opportunities we could have in life. We can use a limp as a reason for our unfulfilled potentials. We can use a limp for an excuse for everything that happens to us. Do you have a limp? Let me share a story with you. There was a little boy. Lonnie, is this okay if I move around a little bit? Thank you, brother. There was a little boy young boy, and he wanted, he'd reached the age where he wanted a puppy. And he had seen that there was a man in the neighborhood who was selling puppies. So the little boy went over to the man's house. And he walked up and he said, do you have puppies for sale? And the man said, yes, I've got five. And the little boy looked at the man and he said, how much do they cost? And the man told him, $25 for a puppy. Little boy immediately got discouraged, and the man could tell. And the man asked him, what's the wrong? What's the matter? And little boy said, I've only got $2.05. And the 
And the man didn't really respond. But the boy said, can I see him anyway? And the man said, sure. So they went to the back and there were the puppies. And the little boy was smiling and he saw them. And he caught his eye on one of them. And he said, is that one lame? And the man said, yes, that, that little puppy has a bad leg. He's gonna have trouble walking his whole life. And the little boy, with excitement at this moment, said, I want that one. And the man looked at him and said, but, but he'll be crippled forever. He, he'll never walk right. He'll never be able to run with you in the backyard. He'll never be able to jump up on the bed with you and go to sleep. He'll never be able to do these things. And it was at that moment that the little boy raised his pant leg and he was wearing a metal brace. And he said, I don't walk so good either. But I've had people who have loved me and have taken care of me and have helped me. And I want that puppy. At that moment, Brother Mike, the man picked up the puppy and handed it to the boy and told him, I know you'll give him a good home. And by the way, he's yours, he's free. So I asked the question again this morning. Do you have a limp? There's a lot of different kinds of limps in this world. There are so many limps, sister. Financial limps, emotional limps, marriage limps, parenting limps, spiritual limps, traumatic limps, the list goes on and on. There's so many in our world today. I taught a lesson recently and the title of it was, Who Are You? This message is an extension of that lesson. In the last lesson I shared that we can only find our identity through Christ. But even in that identity, we're going to have, like Jacob had, there's going to be limps. That's part of Christ showing us who our identity is. We try in this world today, we try to focus on the positive. We really do. And many times that's okay. Because I like to be around positive people. I like to be around people who extenuate the positive things. I like that. But in our quiet moments, when we're alone, do we have a limp? I'd like to introduce you to somebody this morning. I'd like to ask a question. This is not a personal question. Feel free to raise your hands. You're not telling on yourself or anything. It's okay. 
How many people in this room this morning or online, raise your hand also, have heard of a gentleman by the name of Nick Vujicic? Show of hands. I've got one. That's good because that's really helpful to me right now because I didn't want anybody to know who he was. If possible, I'd like to, we tried to set this up, hopefully it worked. I'd like to show you a picture of Nick Vujicic, if we can make that happen. I'll go ahead and start talking. Hopefully, that'll pop up. Let me tell you, there he is. That's Nick Vujicic. Let me tell you a little bit about Nick Vujicic. Nick was born in Australia. Right now, today, he's late 30s. On the personal side, he has a beautiful family absolutely beautiful family, a wife of about 10 years, four gorgeous children. I mean, just one of those picture-perfect families, okay? On the other side, and when I say the other side, I'm referring to like the, the professional life, okay? Nick is an evangelist, okay? Let me share some of his accolades with you, please. Number one, he has evangelized in over 60 countries of the world. He has brought thousands upon thousands to Christ. Number two, he is a New York Times best-selling author. Several books, very well known. Thirdly, he has a huge heart, Alex, for youth. He has a huge heart for kids because he recognizes the challenges of growing up in this world today. So he has all kinds of online resources, tutorials, encouraging words for kids, for teenagers, and he helps them as much as he can. He holds entire conferences and camp meetings for nothing but youth. He also has been spotlighted, for lack of a better word, on several secular platforms. He's been interviewed by People Magazine. He's been in Charisma Magazine. He's been on CNN. He's been in USA Today with articles written about him. All kinds of successes. All kinds of successes. Really somebody that, that someone would, would aspire to be like. Doing good work for the Lord. Very well known. Able to accomplish his goals. Goals. You're going to hear that word again. Able to accomplish goals. All of these wonderful things in his life. I mean, he is just an amazing man. There's one thing. that I haven't shared with you yet. Nick was born with a small disability, nothing major, but a small disability. He was born with a issue called Tetra Amelia Syndrome. Anybody ever heard of that? Tetra Amelia Syndrome. I'll share with you in just a second what that is. Now keep in mind, all of Nick Vujic's accomplishments, all of his accolades. The Lord's looking down on him going, good job. But I want to show you a second picture of Nick Vujicic. 
Nick Vujicic was born with no arms and no legs. All of the accolades that I just shared, all of the accomplishments in the Lord, and this is the way he was born. So I ask you again, do you have a limp? This man has got a limp. I mean, we talking about a limp on steroids, he's got a limp. But look what he's done, sister. Look what he has accomplished. Look at that smile on his face. An incredible, incredible testimony. It's not the situation that defines you. It's how you handle and view the situation. Yeah. Another quick story. Second story of the day. I'm not a good storyteller, but I'm really trying here, okay? There was a young boy who was in a tragic car accident when he was young, and it cut off his left arm. As he grew, he, he couldn't do a lot of the sports that, that he wanted to participate in, that other kids, other boys were participating in. So he found one that maybe he could participate in, so he wanted to start to take judo lessons. So he got enrolled into a class, and there was a teacher of judo, and he started taking the classes. And after the first couple of months, the judo instructor, and those are also known as senseis, how many people just had a flashback to Karate Kid? It's okay. You hear that word sensei, that's the first thing you think of. The sensei was teaching him one move, one judo move. And the boy kept training and training. And after a couple of months, the boy asked him, you're only teaching me one move. I noticed that there's other moves. You know, why are you teaching me this one? And basically the sensei told him, just trust me. This is an important move and you need to really learn it well. So the boy trusted him and he kept training for few weeks and months ahead. And then finally, the sensei said, okay, I think you're ready to go into a tournament to try to compete. So he did. The first couple of rounds of the tournament, the boy did well. He won his first matches. In the third round, the boy came up against a larger opponent. And he was a little bit nervous. But he went into the match and he was, he was competing, working in the match. And then the opponent lunged at him, which was a mistake because the boy was able to use a move, the move, and, and he defeated the opponent. So he had reached the championship round of the tournament. Now, the opponent in the championship round, he was much more experienced than the boy. He was bigger in better shape than the boy. 
He was a little bit older than the boy. He just had everything going for him. And a little way into the match, it got to the point where the referee of the match saw that it wasn't going well for the boy. And he even went over to the sensei and he said, I'm going to stop this match. He's, he's not doing well. And the sensei looked at the referee and said, no, let him keep going. So the referee went back and the match resumed. And at one point, the, component, the, the combatant came at him and he was able to use that move and he defeated the more experienced, bigger, better opponent. And he won the tournament. And on the ride home that afternoon, the boy asked the teacher, he said, all of these months, you only taught me this one move and I won the tournament. How did that happen? And the teacher looked at him and said, you won the tournament for two reasons. Number one, you mastered the move that I was teaching you. You gained high proficiency in this thing that I wanted you to do. And secondly, the move that I taught you, there's only one defense against that move. And part of that defense is your opponent would have to grab your left arm. It was in that moment that the boy realized that his greatest liability had become his greatest asset. Amen. Thank you for applauding, because if you didn't, I was going to tell you to, because that's good stuff right there now. We want to walk through life. Brother Johnny, I'm going to preach for a second, if that's okay. We walk through life. How many times do we start a sentence, Brother Mike, in our mind and in our heart and in our soul, and that sentence starts with six words, and those six words are, because of my limp, I can't fill in the blank. Because of my limp, I can't start a ministry. Because of my limp, I can't raise a family. Because of my limp, I can't have a good marriage. Because of my limp, I cannot be successful at whatever work I'm doing, whatever job I have. Because of my limp, I cannot reach the goals that I have for my life. Because of my limp, I can't do these things. Over and over and over again in our lives, in our lives, we start that conversation in our head, the warfare of the mind with, because of my limp, I can't. It isn't that we can't. We want to blame it on the limp. I didn't ask for the limp. I didn't work for the limp. I didn't beg for the limp. It just happened. And now because I got to deal with it, 
I can't do all these things. You want to see somebody with a limp? Look right here. Feel free. Don't think about your own limp. Don't. Look here. Alcoholism. Divorce. Bankruptcy. Death. Stroke. Rejection. Go on, Revis. Shake your head. It's okay. Pride. Limp after limp after limp after limp. I give you inventory, Brother Ted. I'll write them down for you. Here they are. But I will tell you here in just a moment why I'm able to share that inventory with you today. Because too many of us want to hide the limp. We want to hide that limp. Oh, no, 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 no. I got a limp. I don't want you to know about it. I got a limp. You're going to think I'm weak. I got a limp. You're going to think I can't. I don't want you thinking that way about me. I want you to look at me and say, oh, he can. Look at him. He's got it together. He's working. He's doing his thing. He's moving. He's shaking. He's going in the Lord. Woo, look at him. I want to be like that. I'll share my limps. Want to hear about some other folks that had some limps? Here we go. You ready? Start taking notes quick or watch the video later on and write them down. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab, she was a prostitute. Noah, he was a drunk. Jeremy, Jer Jeremiah and Timothy, they were too young. They were too young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Ruth was from the wrong side of the tracks. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and greedy. The disciples fell asleep while praying and Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before he came, became one. The question is not, do you have a limp? The question is, what's your limp? What is your limp? It's not, do I have one? It's what is it? Because there is not a person near or far walking the face of this planet that does not have a limp. At least one. At least one. But I would like to share with you a man's perspective on limps. There was a guy named Paul. And if we can put that up in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, I want you to see what Paul said. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power. This is the Lord speaking, for my power 
is made perfect in weakness. When Paul learned this and understood this, Brother Ted, he then goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may be on me. He started this passage with Paul confessing. See, confessing limps are okay. It's okay, guys. It's okay, because guess what? If you looked at me and said, I don't have a limp, whether you haven't realized it or not, or whether you're trying to hide it, the bottom line is, I know that you're wrong. Because there's only been one who has ever walked this earth with no limps. Only one. Paul started this passage in Corinthians and he was talking about a buffeting spirit. Now, we don't know what that buffeting spirit was. He never came out and delved into the details of it, but he, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, three times I asked the Lord to take this away from me. And this was the answer that he got. My grace is sufficient for you. God said, Paul, you got a limp. Guess what? It's yours. It's yours. I'm not taking it away. Now, don't get me wrong. Paul and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, woo, they tight. These guys were tight. And even then, God said, no, it's your limp. You're going to carry it. But because you're carrying it, I'm going to show you that my grace is sufficient for you. And through my grace and through you carrying that limp, I'm going to show you my power through you. Oh, that's good. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. We've just got a couple of other quick verses to look at out of that litany of holy wonderful bible characters that i just went through recognizing that they like us are human beings they were human beings flawed but there's one there's one that i relate to more than any of them there's one. In Matthew 26, we read about the one I, I love the dearest, the one that I can relate to the dearest. At this point, Jesus had had his encounter with Judas. It's the night of his betrayal. And now Jesus announces to the remaining disciples that you all are going to leave me. To which Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. 
To which Jesus responded that before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny you even know me. And a second time in verse 35, Peter says, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. The reason that I can relate so well with Peter is because Peter was so full of pride, it was sad. He was a proud man. And that was, I don't know all of Peter's limps. I look forward to meeting him in glory and asking him and having a conversation with him. But by the scriptures, I know Peter had at least one limp, and that was his pride. But then we see in a later passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter pens these beautiful words. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. These are Peter's words. There was approximately 30 years between Jesus' last night on this earth in bodily form and the time that Peter wrote these words. 30 years. Somewhere in that 30-year period, Peter took his limp, his limp, And now he's teaching others about humbleness and humility and that God abhors the prideful. He was taking his personal limp and sharing with others what God had showed him, how to use his limp and help others see compassion, see holiness, see Christ-like behavior. 30 years. You got a limp? I know I do. I've shared many times before openly, I went through bankruptcy and that caused a limp in my life, one of the limps. But now, 15 years later, Sister Kathy, after that bankruptcy, Word of Hope Ministries, this September 18th, will celebrate its 10-year anniversary. Out of a limp came a blessing. Just like Jacob went from Jacob to Israel. Just like Simon went from Simon to Peter. Each one of us are going from Linda, from Kathy, from Revis, from Lonnie to a part of that journey. There's going to be a limp. There's going to be some limps. 
Somebody asked me one time, whenever I was early in my ministry, and the question caught me off guard. They said, are you sure you want to do this? I'd never heard that before. I never had. I was all on fire for Christ and the Holy Spirit and God Almighty. And I'm going to teach and I'm going to preach and I'm going to work. And I'm going, oh, I'm, ooh, here we go. And that's the season that I was in. And a very wise person asked me one day, are you sure that you want to do this? And I didn't understand the question at that time. And he never gave me an answer. But years later, I understood the question. This walk, <clears throat> excuse me, this walk does not come without limps. The question isn't, are you, do you have a limp? Are you going to have a limp? And that's one of the things I love about this message as we get ready to close. It's not a question of do you have a limp, but one of the things I love is that whether you are a believer or not, you got a limp. It's one of the common factors. It's called humanity. We're human beings. So whether you're an atheist or whether you're a God-fearing Christian, you got a limp. The question is, what can you do with your limp? How can you bless the world with your limp? Don't disdain the limps. Embrace them. Don't push them away. Hold them. They're yours. God knows the plan he has for your life. He knew there was going to be a limp. You can't hide it. So if he allowed it, he's got to want to use it. Do not disdain the limps. Because whenever we learn to use them for the glory of God, it's then that words in that book start to jump off the page and become part of you. I believe there's a passage that says something to the effect of all things work together to the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say some things work to the good. It doesn't say the good things work to the good. It doesn't say the blessings work to the good. It says all things work to the good. So as we get ready to finish this morning, if you're saved this morning and you want to have a conversation with the Lord this morning at this altar to discuss with him your limp, whatever it is, and how he can use it for his kingdom, for his glory, for his honor, for his power, for his majesty. He wants to use it. He doesn't look at it as the world looks at it. 
He looks at it from his eyes. He doesn't make mistakes. He can use whatever your limp is. So if this message has touched a spiritual nerve, I invite you to this altar this morning to have a conversation with the Lord, to ask him, Lord, I have a limp. Now how can you use me? If you're here this morning or online and you don't know the Lord, like I said, there's no differentiation. I've got a limp, and guess what? You've got a limp too. But your limp can have purpose. Your limp can have meaning. Your limp can give your life a fulfillment that it's never had before. And if you don't know the Lord this morning, I ask you to have a conversation with the Lord also. A different conversation, though. To say, Lord, I know that you can show me what my purpose is. Even though I've got some flaws, even though I've got some baggage, even though I've got a history, even though I've got some issues, I've heard this morning that you can use those things and I can have a purpose. But before you can have that purpose, you've got to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he can start to reveal and unveil those things to you and for you. If you're saved, come have a conversation. Talk to him about your limp. If you're not, get to know Jesus and he can start to turn your limp into a blessing, not only for others, but for you also. Thank you for listening to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more great messages, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music and leave us a rating and review while you're there. For more information, please visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash redemptionky.